What's going on, Matt? Not much. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. The infamous Matt Luna people. I wouldn't go that far. But... <laughs> not yet, at least, huh? Maybe one of these days, but not yet. Not yet. Yeah, man. Uh, my chat with Matt, I mean, what? Almost on a daily basis. Yeah, on DM. We definitely talk a lot on DM. Oh, yeah. Matt's uh, been making a lot of stuff with the do-it molds lately. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. I kind of started doing it a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I started off doing some jigs and stuff. And I honestly wasn't real happy with how I made them back then. Um, I think I do a lot better now. Uh, I stopped kind of doing it for a while. I made some drop shot way, way back. But I didn't realize that you could use different hooks and different, you know, types of skirt material. I just didn't know as much back then. So once I started doing it again, um, I'm much happier with the stuff that I'm making myself. Okay. Yeah, your stuff's turning out real nice, man. Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve to it. I mean, you don't just buy all the stuff and start making it and then everything turns out awesome. I mean, there's mm -hmm. definitely a learning curve. You're going to mess it up here and there, but if you just keep going at it, you're definitely going to do all right. Sweet. Um, if you can, man, for everyone that doesn't know about do-it molds or your process of how you do it, can you explain to us what do-it molds is? Yeah, so do-it molds has a bunch of different molds. They have all kinds of equipment to make your own baits. They have the molds to uh, make a jig or make a spinner bait or make drop shot weights, egg sinkers, all kinds of different stuff. Um, they have molds to make plastic. So basically, if you're going to start off making you know, let's just start off with something like a jig. Um, you have to buy the jig mold itself. The jig mold, you would go on the Do-It Molds website and you would search for, you know, a football head mold or whatever mold you're wanting to make. And when you find the mold that you like, you would buy that mold. And then obviously you would need lead in order to melt it down. And there's different ways that you can melt lead down. You can, you know, use basically like a, a ladle it's like it's called a hot pot and it's basically just this like ladle with a heat heat coil on the bottom that heats up the lead it melts it down then you can pour it into your mold well, or you can use what i have i have a lee pot which i think it's basically i can melt down 10 pounds of lead at a time oh, wow. and um then it has a spout on the bottom and you open up the spout the lead goes into the mold and then obviously when you're pouring it in there, you have to, here's a jig right here. So you have to have the actual hook and everything set up inside of your, of your mold already. And then that lead comes in, it hits the hook and surrounds it obviously just like this. And as you can see on this one, let's see if I can get in the, in view here, this hole right here that you see is where the weed guard would go in. Obviously this one doesn't have a weed guard, but that's where the weed guard would go in. And then you have different types of molds like this one. The first one I just showed you is basically your typical football head jig. Okay. And then they have other ones like this one that has a flat side on the, has a flat side. So this one's going to work like a stand-up jig and this one's pretty cool. And then if you can see also here, you have this other keeper right up on top and that's going to help keep your, your jig trailer on stuff like that. Okay. Now, do they sell the hooks on their website too, or do you have to order the hooks somewhere else? They do have the hooks on their website. Um, the hook in this right here is an owner deep throat hook. I really like this hook for these jigs. 
Um, I was fishing at the a couple weeks ago. Actually, I have a new YouTube video that just came out, and I'm throwing one of these jigs, and it pinned that fish really, really good. So these owner hooks are, are super sharp. They're super good hooks. And, um, you know, in those jigs, they, they, they hook those fish really, really well. Okay. Yeah, we actually have a question for you. Uh, which pot do you use again? Deep Palm Fishing was actually asking you that. So I have a Lee pot. So if you go on the dual mold website or pretty much anywhere that sells um, any lure making equipment, um, obviously I'm going to promote dual molds. I do some stuff with them. I do some video stuff and I do promote their stuff. So if you go to dual molds and search for the Lee pot, you'll see one. I have one in the garage right now, obviously, but um, I'm in the kitchen doing this video, but um, it's basically just a silver pot and all the lead goes into the top of it. You turn it on, it heats up and then, you, there's a little lever that you lift up on and that thing and then the lead just pours out into your mold sweet so if say say you got a beginner that goes to do it do it molds.com what would you recommend them starting off with i think what you want to look into is what you like to fish okay and what you think you you have confidence in because i think the hardest thing for people to um figure out when it comes to making your own um tackle is having confidence in it because we can all go to like six cents website and buy something on their website and we're going to have confidence that it's going to work because it's on their website but when we make our own stuff i think sometimes we lack that confidence which makes it a little bit more um difficult for us to to make that leap and really have confidence and i think that's where we end up you know missing um those fish catching opportunities so i think like like for example i have a spinner bait right here if if you like to throw a spinnerbait, then get a spinnerbait mold. Like obviously when it, when you make a spinnerbait, you're going to need all these, the blades, the swivels and all the, the wire forms and everything like that. But if you have confidence in a spinnerbait and that's what you like to throw, you might as well buy one that you have confidence in. You're going to know a little bit about that bait. Like you'll know kind of what size hook you're going to want. You're going to kind of be able to take a spinnerbait that you have already that has that you have confidence in and buy some of the similar components and then you'll have a bait that you're going to have confidence in and then you can go out there and throw that thing okay okay appreciate that um now does do it mold sell starter packs or starter kits for any of this do you know of uh they do for plastics i know for a fact they do on plastics the lead stuff it's kind of hit or it, it, it's harder to do a starter pack for the lead stuff because you need the mold obviously. And then the different hooks make a difference because each mold might require a different hook. So like a Ned rig is going to have a different hook than, you know, your jig mold is going to have generally. Um, so I, there's a little bit more variables to, to a, uh, to lead making, but I think that lead making and lead based lures are going to be a little bit easier for a lot of people to, um start off with i think the plastics you know this is a ned rig right here a ned worm that i just i actually was filming a video earlier today this uh, had a customer that wanted this this worm or this this color bait and then i have it over here and uh and this is the uh dual molds boss hog right here oh, nice. and he, he wanted that that color so i made it for him and i i've had some trouble with the laminates in the past because when you have the the two different colors like that that's called a laminate and i've had some trouble with it and um, i just filmed a video today with that color and um, single colors is pretty easy when it comes to plastic pouring 
you know, you can mix up your, your colorants and your plastic and all that kind of stuff fairly easily. And you can get some baits going. And if you're just starting out doing plastic pouring, I definitely recommend you go with, you know, injection based stuff. It's a, it's a lot more expensive than hand pouring, but you're going to get baits that you actually like because the hand pouring, you're going to have to trim them, trim them a lot. And, you know, injection based stuff, you're going to be able to get a bait that looks just like this you know, the first go at it. So the injection is where I would definitely recommend somebody starting with if they're starting out with plastics. Okay. Now, is there anything that you recommend a first timer that's going to do soft plastics? Like say, for an example, what do they need that does that uh, dual molds doesn't sell? Dual molds has everything. Okay. So you don't have to go anywhere else. You can buy okay. everything you need through the dual molds website. So if you want to make plastics you can buy everything you need um, from do it molds um, perfect you know sometimes you might like something like they don't sell a microwave and you need a microwave in order to heat up the plastic so obviously you know you're going to need to go get a microwave i i, I bought uh, a microwave specifically for the garage so that way i'm not using the house microwave and everything <laughs> like that but um there's definitely different um different people do different things but you can buy everything you need through do it molds Okay, perfect. So pretty much everything do it molds has except for the microwave. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> you basically need, you need the plastisol, which do it molds has, you need colorant, which they have, you'll probably need some glitters, which they have, you'll need molds, which they have. Um, they have the gloves because everything's super hot. So you can buy the gloves that you're going to need to keep your hands, um, you know, from burning. Uh, you need something to stir everything. And like, literally I use a, I think it was a dollar knife that they sell at Target for literally a dollar, about the cheapest little knife I could find. And um, that would stand up to the heat. And uh, that's how I stir the plastic. Cause you got to stir all the glitters in, you got to stir all the colorants in. Okay. And if anybody, if anybody has any, you know, wonders about, you know, plastic pouring and stuff like that, you can go to my YouTube channel and check out. I have a bunch of plastic pouring videos. I have lead making videos as well. And you can kind of get an idea of, of what it takes to make some of your own tackle. Yeah, Matt, pretty much anything that you can cover on do it molds, Matt has a video for it. I mean, yeah, there's a ton molds. of different, there's a ton of different stuff on, on the do it mold site. But a lot of the procedures are the same, no matter what you're actually making. You know, you got to make, you need the lead, you need the hooks, you pour it all. So that's pretty much how it goes. Okay. Yeah, someone asked, um, what scents do you use for your baits when you're making them? So I'm not a huge scent person. Um, I've never really gotten to the habit of using scent. I had um, a tournament what, years ago, and we were using scent, and I think it, I, I don't know if it made a difference or not. It's one of those things that I can't decide whether I think it makes a difference or not. But I do have some worm oils that have scent in them. I have some coffee scent. I have some shrimp scent, I think it is. And then I just have regular basic worm oil. So it just depends on what I feel like. But I don't know that it really, I don't know that it really makes a difference. Okay. Um, now, when you add the oil and stuff in the scent to them, is that a different procedure when you're making them? Or do you add that in with the plastic? No, there's just literally like this oil that you just put some drops into the bag once once you have the baits made up you just put them into the bag and then you just add the oil to it so like okay. like when you get a pack of plastics there's always that little bit of like an oily like kind of like a slime to it 
and that's how you you know that's how they just don't stick together and they're going to stay you know nice and like they're going to keep their shape better okay now for the molds um now some of the molds though i think you mentioned it to me before when we we're talking about um net hooks about yeah. making the mold for the net rigs now the molds can only handle certain hook sizes correct yeah they're made for certain hooks so like when you buy the mold and you're going to make a net rig or a jig or anything like that the mold's going to say what what hook to use in it um you can still use other hooks a lot of times because they'll match up just the same and then when you get into it a lot and you're really into making your own tackle or something like that you can modify molds in order to fit a different size hook or add a weed guard to it or something like that i don't get too much into that that's just not something that i, I i've dabbled in too much but you can definitely do some things you know and and modify molds if you want to okay what advice do you have for beginners that want to get into making old molds of lead heads and stuff like that and soft plastics so i think the first thing that you really want to make sure of is that you're safe about it because the fumes from the lead aren't good for you the fumes from the plastic aren't good for you um, so you definitely want to be you know in a ventilated area um, i don't know if i have the best procedure for that but basically what i have is a a standing fan that that blows all the fumes out of the garage and I always have the garage all the way open and um, I'm hoping that basically that's gonna help it out I like to wear gloves when I'm dealing with the plastisol because that's gonna to burn you and and all that but I think the main thing other than the safety component and is to find stuff that you like um, and have confidence in like if you like to drop shot a lot then maybe buy some drop shot weights the first time or maybe buy a drop shot worm for the first time so that way you're you're fishing with something that you that you like to use and that you have confidence will catch fish because if if all of a sudden you've never thrown a spinner bait before and you buy a spinner bait mold and want to make your own spinner baits you're kind of you know having to learn how to fish that bait and learn how to make it all at the same time and that's a lot of variables and you're probably not going to be as success as successful as you could be yeah perfect perfect um, I had another question here. Let me see if I can find it again. Someone mentioned you are a god. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I, I think I'm just a regular dude. <laughs> yeah. What actually got you involved with Do It Molds? What caught your attention about making your own baits? Um, I've always been interested in it. Like way before I did any of the social media stuff. Way before. Um, I, I, I just you know relatively early days of fishing i was you know had an interest in pouring my own plastics or pouring my own jigs and stuff like that pouring my own sinkers and um so i started just dabbling in it and then um you know i started you know just thinking about getting back into it again and you know once i started to do it started to enjoy it um i definitely wanted to try to partner with with the company and i was fortunate enough that you know, things fell into place and I was able to do that with Do-It Molds. Oh, sweet, man. Sweet. Yeah. Um, how many videos do you think you have on YouTube involving Do-It Molds? Involving Do-It Molds? I'm not exactly sure. I probably have at least 10, maybe, I don't know, between 10 and 20 probably mm -hmm. that are specific to making lures. I know that I have a drop shot video from a long, long time ago. 
I think I have one on how to make Ned rigs or Ned worms or there's, they're in there. I know for a fact lately I have one on umbrella rigs. I have some on uh, making some plastics. Um, I just literally filmed one today making um, this, I called it the black pearl, you know, spinoff of, uh, of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, called it the black pearl. Um, I have different videos on pouring worms versus um, Ned worms, how you can remelt some of your old plastics and make um, baits using, you know, molds. Because like basically how I, how I fell into that was you can you can take old plastics and melt them down and then pour them yourself. So like even this bait right here, that's a, you know, Ned rig that I, that's already all poured. You could melt that back down. Now, obviously these two colors, this black and the silver is going to blend together. Uh, but you can then make, make baits out of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. I definitely got to check that out. I actually seen you post it, but I actually didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, so that video was a while back. Um, basically, I screwed up on some baits that I was trying to make. Basically, was, I just got all my stuff, and I was playing around with it, and I was making some plastics, and I put way too much color in there, and they just turned out really bad. It was too thick and everything like that. And um, I, I showed a video on how you can take some of the – you know, clear plastic, add some of those baits that, that had too much colorant in them and then di dilute it basically. But you could do that with anything. So like if you have, you know, whatever plastics you have, you know, that you're fishing with that, you know, tear apart or whatever, you can definitely melt them back down and then re-pour them into something else. Oh, sweet. Uh, got a question for you here. With so many bait makers out there, what do you do to stay on top of the cutting edge? Well, first of all, I don't want to be a tackle <laughs> company. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I'm trying to accomplish. I do sell some things from time to time. Um, I have some stuff up on my website that, that I sell here and there. But I don't want to be a tackle company. I don't want to compete against, you know, all these different big companies. Um, I do it just for the fun of it because I enjoy it. I like catching fish on my own baits. But um, I, I'm not trying to compete with, with everybody else. And what was your website, Matt? It's mattlunafishing.com. Perfect. And same also for YouTube, correct? Yeah, it's Matt Luna Fishing is my YouTube channel, mattlunafishing.com, my website. And then obviously Matt Luna Fishing on Instagram. And then I also, um, I'm trying out the TikTok thing as well. And that's Matt Luna Fishing with an underscore at the end. Yeah, you're doing good with that, man. I like seeing them on the um, on the Instagram. I don't have the app yet, but I've seen you post them on your Instagram. Yeah, the TikTok thing's kind of new, but I'm trying to just be there where, be where, you know, the attention is. Yeah. Um, now, on your YouTube channel, you also cover um, your fishing tournaments too, correct? Yeah, so when I go out, pretty much even just around town, just my local lakes, I definitely um, take the GoPro with me, record everything. Um, and then put out my fishing trips, whether they're good or bad. My last trip out to uh, Lake Mead for the One Bass US Open was pretty, pretty bad. And it was actually tough to stay motivated to actually put that content out, but I did. And, um, you know, I had a really bad finish, but um, I, I want to make sure that what I do put out, I end up, you know, showing that, you know, you're going to have bad tournaments, you're going to be successful sometimes and sometimes you're not going to be successful but 
you know, social media seems to be one of those things where like everybody always puts out all their good stuff and never put out any of the bad stuff. Yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, be authentic and, and put out, you know, everything. Yeah, that's one thing I like about you, man. You keep everything straightforward and simple. You don't sugarcoat nothing at all, man. <laughs> I try, man, because like if I if I go out and I and I am do really bad in the tournament, people can look up those those tournament finishes and see where I finished. So there's no point in trying to pretend like I did something that I didn't. And you know, we all have bad days on the lake, regardless. So you might as well just be real about it because it's gonna make it's going to make the people that, that take in your content, they're going to appreciate that, I think, at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But, yeah, one thing I like about your dual mode videos, Matt, is you take your time in explaining them. Yeah, I think that's what people kind of want. I think some people go to YouTube for entertainment. I think some people go to learn um, different things. And I think that one of the one of the main things that, that I want to do with those videos is try to help people that want to – make their own bait so they just want to learn how it's done so that way they you know if they decide to one one day they can look up some of the videos and learn how to do things but i think that if you're not telling the story about it then then what are people watching like yeah i could do it in silence and not say anything but i feel like it's more entertaining if, if i'm letting you know what's going on oh yeah most definitely especially when you're making the baits whether it be the molds or the soft plastics lead molds or the soft plastics you actually take your time step by step in explaining it instead of just kind of rushing through the process where, you know, someone's got to pause it and go back and, you know, watch it step by step. You actually do it at a perfect speed to where someone could actually make it along with you. Well, that's the whole thing is I'm not trying to make it a secret. It's not like I feel like I have this secret formula or this secret color that nobody else can make. You might as well watch it. And if it's a color that you like, you can either, you know, contact me and try to and try to get some from me directly, or you can try to make it yourself, or you go out and find one that you like from, you know, your tackle shop or whatever. No. Um, does do it molds have a mold for pike lures? Um, I'm sure they do. It's not just they they're they cover everything. So whether it's you know, panfish, crappie, bass, you know, whatever. They have molds for everything. And the one thing when when it comes to making your own lures is you can modify things and, and put heavier hooks in there or, you know, change it up for whatever you need, you know, and whatever lure you're trying to create. So, yeah, I guarantee you if you go on there, you know, my expertise when it comes to the, to the dual mold stuff is the bass fishing related stuff for sure. <laughs> but I guarantee you that you can go on there and um, find some stuff that you can use for Pike. And uh, one more time, what is Do It Molds website? Doitmolds.com. That is the Do It Molds website. Okay. And yours was mattlunafishing.com, correct? Correct. Okay. We have someone to ask real quick. And so for, as far as the molds go, Matt, um, as far as the leads go and stuff like that, say I want to say I want to make a darter head. Do they have different sizes for the darter heads, or how would I go about that process? Yeah, so all the different molds that you can choose, they most of them have um, different sizes within that mold. So if you oh. buy the Diner Shiner mold, which is one of my favorite darter head molds that that Duo Molds has, it has different sizes on the mold. And you basically take whatever hook you're going to use and put it in the mold, 
pour the lead in there. And then the Diner Shiner, it, it's not the same exact keeper that's on this jig head right here, but the Diner Shiner mold actually has that little, let me see if I can bring it out. Yeah, that little bait keeper. Yeah, the bait keeper right there. The Diner Shiner has that bait keeper on there. And um, that's a, that's one of my favorite molds to use for, for daughter head. And you can put a heavier hook in there. And if you really want that smaller profile, which is what I got that mold for, is for the really small darter heads with some small swim baits on there, you can put a heavy enough hook in there to actually throw it on an Alabama rig too. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually, I did not know the molds had the different sizes for the heads and built in them. I thought you had to buy a mold for each weight size that you wanted. No, it just depends. You can depending on what you want like certain molds will be one size like you can buy a mold to just make 316 drop shot weights but most of the time when it comes to the actual like lures like a jig or you know spinner baits or whatever they're gonna have different sizes within that mold so like uh, my spinner bait mold i think i can make up to a half ounce spinner bait i think i can do a quarter three eighths and a half um there's other like a swim jig mold that you can make um no, it's do it molds with without the e. Do it molds without that e in there, for K Nerby zero three. Um, but basically, you know, most of the molds have different sizes. Oh. Thanks for the sub. Thanks for the sub. I really appreciate that as well. All right, yeah. For the Alabama rig, though, um, what is the process? I know you did a video on it, but I wanted to talk to you one on one about that. So the Alabama rig is actually super easy to make. Basically, if you go to Do It Molds and you buy the, the Alabama rig wire form, and the wire forms are basically just the different wires that come out from the head of the Alabama rig that kind of give you that umbrella look to it, and you tie your hook, you connect your hooks to it and everything. Um, it's super easy. The wire forms come pretty much pre-done. So all you have to do is take that wire form, put it in your mold, Put the lead into the mold it's going to harden up right around that and then connect your your jig heads with your swim baits on there and you're done like it's that simple because oh, wow. the dual molds wire form comes with the swivels and snaps and everything it's it's super easy so if you wanted to make the entire thing yourself you would need the mold for the for the umbrella rig and then you need the mold for for the swim bait jig heads and then if you really want to get crazy with it you can get like a ripper swim bait mold and make those swim baits yourself or you can buy your favorite swim baits like six cents just has their new divine swim baits that came out and, and they're they're pretty cool oh yeah most definitely now uh, do you throw eight rigs a lot no i don't um i have um some of my most fun a rig fishing was up at lake shasta um lake shasta has a bunch of spotted bass it's up in northern california mm -hmm. and i was actually um pretty lucky it was really nasty stormy day and casting that thing around and caught two spotted bass on one cast and then i've also done it out at lake mead and caught some you know two stripers on one cast and then um one other cool time when i caught two fish on one cast was on a was on a topwater bait i was out at lake mead fishing a um six cents mag dog 130 and i had two smallmouth come up and eat it they were small smallmouth but it was still pretty rad yeah you actually got the video up on youtube for that right yeah, it's, yeah, it's literally called Two Fish on One Cast, and it's, you know, from back in June, July, something like that. I might change my name. Yeah, for the umbrella rigs, um, 
because I know you've seen it too, where they got like a um, hardened rubber tip on the umbrellas, on the wires. Like on the front of it, like, on, yeah. like where you tie everything. Yeah. So different ones have different styles. Um, Which one do you prefer? Um, I generally throw one that's unweighted at the head of it, and then all the weight is in the um, in the jig heads itself. Um, that's generally what I throw. Um, I don't throw it a ton to really give you, you know, that's better for one reason or another. It's just generally what I throw. Okay. Okay. Yeah, do you have any more suggestions for any beginners out there as far as the duo molds go? Like, obviously, it's going to be one of those things where they're going to probably go through five or six times before they actually get it down to where they want it to be at, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is just don't get discouraged. Like, do your research. Um, have an idea of what you're doing before going into it. Like, YouTube has everything. Whether you watch one of my videos or you watch somebody else's video, YouTube has information on everything you can go on there and find a video for everything so if you want to learn how to make a football jig there's going to be tons of videos for you to be able to figure it out if you want to learn how to make you know plastic worms there's a video on how to make it so do your research figure out what it for i think the first thing is figure out what you want to make now you might want to make a spinner bait you might want to make a jig you might want to make a senko plastic worm whatever just figure out what you want to make and then do the research that way you have an idea of what you're doing when it's time to actually go and do the process yourself. Yeah, because I know, I mean, just by looking at it, you can tell it's going to take you a couple times to get it down to exactly where you want it to get at. Yeah, I mean, the more you do it and the more you pour just in general, you can definitely, the learning curve's a little bit less because like, I, I can get a new mold and it's it's not very difficult to actually make the bait now because mm -hmm. you know there's sometimes you have to like figure out each little nuance of a mold because like when I first got the umbrella rig mold from do it molds I didn't realize that it, I was going to need to make sure that the the actual head part of the umbrella rig needed to be super hot because when the lead would go in there the metal of the wires was was too cold and it would harden up that lead so I wouldn't get a complete pour. So just okay. some of the little subtle nuances like that that are different with each mold that you just have to pay attention to. But, I mean, most of the time you can just melt the lead right off of the, the hook or right off of the, the wire form and you can just reuse it. Oh, wow. All right, man. Let's go ahead and um, do some questions, some Q&As. So if anyone's got questions for Matt or myself, feel free to ask. Uh, Matt, what is your biggest fish? Uh, my biggest bass is going to be seven pounds. I've caught two that were both exactly seven pounds on the dot, and um, that's my biggest bass. And then I don't. I that's pretty much all all I fish for for the most part. I've gone saltwater fishing and done some of that. And I I don't know exactly what what the weights are on those. Oh, okay. Uh, man, someone caught a hundred fifty pound grouper. Okay. What's your thoughts on the six cents dogma? Um, I haven't gotten to throw it too much yet. Um, I've thrown the mag dog a lot and caught a bunch of fish on that. Um, I got the dogma afterwards and the topwater bite kind of had died off. I do think that um, it's a good bait. I definitely think it's going to catch some fish um, when those fish are wanting to eat that walking bait. Um, I, 
I have a couple in my in my box, and I think that you know once that top water bite rolls back around, that dogma is going to do the trick. Uh, they are definitely different than the Mag Dog 130, and I think that um, if you're looking for something that's a little bit easier to walk, the Dogma is going to be you know a better purchase for you. The Mag Dog walks good too, but you have to walk it a little bit faster, and it takes a little bit more effort. But um, both of those baits um, are good topwater baits. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed too with the Mag Dogs. They're made to work nonstop. Like you can't stop at all. You got to keep working it. And they also have a knocker in them and not the rattles. Yeah, I think that I think you're getting totally getting a reaction bite. And I think that, you know, when those fish are on like bigger chat or bigger gizzard chat or something, I think that some of those bigger topwater baits can definitely um, play pretty good. Um, it just kind of depends on what the forage is in your lake. Most definitely. Yeah, a lot of people, they actually don't think about the forage in the waters. They actually just see a bait, you know, watching YouTube or looking at Instagram, and they automatically got to buy it, but they don't think about the waters. Well, I think you just got to uh, – some fish are more aggressive. So, like, a lot of times spotted bass are pretty aggressive, and a lot of times smallmouth are pretty aggressive. Yeah. And you can get away with throwing those bigger baits. Um, but sometimes they want something small, so you kind of just have to play around with it. You definitely need to have – different options out there so you just kind of you know go fishing that's what it's all about you got a little bit of trial and error for sure oh yeah most definitely yeah did you have anything else to say tonight matt uh nothing specific i just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on here and and talk and allow um, some people to get to know me a little bit better and you know learn about the do it molds and stuff like that yeah. but um i hope it's okay with you i'd like to pass along some some discount codes that i have um, that people can take advantage of. Um, um, as you can see, my hat right here, sixcentsfishing.com. You guys can use my code Luna10 and get a discount there. Um, also, um, I'm doing a promotion with a company called Reeler Shield right now, and they are a sunscreen company, and we're we have a, uh, a promotion going on through um, December 16th. You can get a buy two get one, or sorry, buy one get one free. Put two sticks of sunscreen into your cart. Use the code LUNA, L-U-N-A, and you'll get a discount, or you'll get one of the sticks for free. And then you can also use the code LUNASHIP, L-U-N-A-S-H-I-P, on their bundle packs, and you'll get free shipping. Another company is GCI Outdoors. They make a bunch of uh, different uh, outdoor chairs and tables, and I know you just got a chair not too long ago. Yeah. You can use my code MLF15 and get a discount there as well. And then uh, tackle retailer, omniafishing.com. Um, if you've never bought anything from them, you can use my code LUNAFIRST15 and get a discount off your tackle. It's just an online tackle retailer. They got rods, reels, tackle, everything. So you can go there. I know you can find something you like up there and get a discount using that code. Perfect, man. I really appreciate those codes and appreciate your time. Um, yeah, make sure you guys also follow Matt follow him on youtube he does informational videos almost every day uh, matt's pretty active on social media so if you guys got questions feel free to message him anytime yeah i would appreciate any of the support and, th and then that's one of the things that you know i get asked a lot from a lot of kids that you know how about sponsorship how do i get sponsored and all that kind of stuff and 
And one of the things that I don't want to necessarily go into that because I think a lot of with sponsorship is what do you have to offer a company because you're asking a company to give you something. So what are you going to give them in return? It's not, they're just not out there to just give you free stuff. That doesn't, that's not what it's all about. But when it comes to sponsorship and, and supporting people, you know, if your favorite fisherman is Scott Martin or something like that, or, or whoever, you know, whenever you use their codes, whether you use my codes that I just gave out or different codes, that's showing support of the people that you're following because those codes directly go back to those fishermen. So when, when those companies go to look and see, great, what has this person been doing for my business? Those codes are definitely helpful to show the, the support and show that, you know, people want to follow that person. So whether it's my stuff or somebody else's, you know, those codes do matter when it comes to the, the companies that are providing them. Oh, most definitely, man. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I get messages all the time about that too. And one, one thing I always tell people, you got to know marketing. Yeah. I mean, marketing's huge, but I, even before, but like when I think the more basic thing is what, what is your platform yeah. and like social media is a platform. So like right now I have almost 20,000 subscribers. So that that's my, or not subscribers, but 20,000 followers on YouTube. So like, that's my audience. That's kind of some of the things that I have to offer. You know, I can show that, you know, I have a YouTube channel where I have different content that I can put out. So you have to have something to offer before a company's going to want to work with you. Most definitely, man. Yeah. Cause if you don't have a following or you don't have interest, I mean, that's why no companies are looking nobody's way. I mean, you definitely got to get the company's attention too. Well, for sure. But I think a lot of times when, when you, most of the time you're going to be approaching another company trying to get a sponsorship, you're going to be asking them for the sponsorship. Very rarely does it work in the other way. Now, maybe if you, you know, win some really big tournaments or something like that, maybe you'll have people knocking on your door, but a lot of times you're going to be going out there asking for that sponsorship. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you know, give them something that, that they want to be a part of. You know, that's why I'm trying hard to build the social media stuff that I have. So that way I have something that they want to be a part of. That's, that's the whole thing. That's, that's the business transaction is whatever your deal is with them, you're providing them that exposure, whether, you know, it's a TV show like some people have or their social media or they're traveling the country getting exposure from the different tournament trails they're fishing. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, we can actually do another live. If we get some good positive feedback from this live, we can actually do a live talking about that specific subject because me and you all know we can talk about that for hours. <laughs> yeah, sponsorship's a tough one. I mean, I don't want to pretend like I'm an expert at yeah. the sponsorship game. Um, I think I've learned some stuff over time, but I, I wouldn't consider myself a, a sponsorship expert. Um, but I definitely know that the main thing that you need if you like want to get sponsored by somebody is you have to have something to provide them because the entire the entire point behind sponsorship is helping that company sell more stuff whether it's a tackle company selling more baits or you know gci outdoors selling more you know outdoor furniture and equipment stuff like that that's the whole purpose behind this trying to help them sell more stuff oh most definitely man but yeah man uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up i noticed the questions are starting to get down and stuff but uh I appreciate your time, Matt. Um, I know I'm going to be talking to you after this video. Yeah. But um, make sure you guys check out Matt's website, mattlunafishing.com. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. And make sure you check out Matt Luna Fishing on YouTube also. 
Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, letting me be a part of your uh, part of your life. Oh, no problem, man. You have a good night, and have a good night, everybody. Thank you. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. I want to talk to you guys real quick before we go about how you can support my podcast. You guys know I want to fish professionally and make a living doing it, and I can't do that on my own. So if you guys want to support the podcast, that's an option that Anchor provides, so I want to let you guys know about it. If you're interested in doing that, go to anchor.fm slash matt-luna-fishing and click the support this podcast link. I'll also leave a link in the show notes if it's something that you're interested in. I kind of feel weird ask, uh, mentioning it, but I wanted to pass that information along to you guys. Also, if you want to get a free ebook that I have put out, all you gotta do is sign up for my email list. There'll be a link in the show notes for that as well. And you can learn about what bass eat. It talks about shad, bluegill, and crawfish, and the different times of year that you can target those forages where the bass should be. It may not be a perfect every time you go fishing way to find the bass, but it can kind of give you that yearly timeline and help you be close to the right areas where those fish are. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate it.